Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends <laughs> struggle with depression. <laughs> Wake up abruptly from a nap to record. <laughs> Chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accent. Depressive episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Time. We're all on the struggle bus. Oh my god, Lately. when will it end? <laughs> god. Existence is relentless. It, it's too much. I'm I'm done. I'm over it. <laughs> I need a refund for 2020. I'm not even joking. I'd I thought like I to would speak play with, with makeup today to make me feel better, and I put on pink eyeliner, and I just look like I have an infection. Yeah, that, <laughs> why does that exist? Yeah, why do you even have that? I don't not a good know look. why I have it. I don't know. You look like well, a newborn rat. <laughs> I have yet to wash my face or brush my teeth today. So. Yes. <laughs> I did brush Crushing. my teeth. Well, it's 12.30 p.m. and I'm going to start drinking. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, who are we? Oh, fuck it. I'm Kenya. <laughs> still. Fuck, fuck it. I'm still Lucy. <laughs> I'm Amanda. <laughs> I've had it up to here. <laughs> <laughs> Scary oh my, my dog. God. Uh, we are excited about this episode, though. This is a very special fan pick brought to you by Michelle Wong. If Michelle's Wong, I don't want to be right. I don't want to be right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Michelle's pick was Sicilian Crimes. Yeah. I believe Michelle lives in Italy, but I could be wrong about that. Well, lucky you if you do. <laughs> <laughs> that was on my list of places to go before the world ended. <laughs> when you could still go. <laughs> when you could still go. Anyway. Leave your house. Just use the word go as a verb mm-hmm. not related to the toilet. Correct. <laughs> Correct. I love it. Uh, yep. All right. Let's drink. Well, let's do it. What's our yeah. wine crime pairing for Sicilian crimes? Well, Michelle, our lovely fan picker, uh, recommended the Salier de la Tour Nero Diavola. Wow. Yes. I am super fucking here for it. I love Italian wine. Um, This is a Sicilian beauty that retails for about $15 a bottle. It's absolutely stunning. So that price is great. Um, This wine is bold enough that you could easily cellar it for a couple years if you wanted to after you bought it. But I don't have that kind of fucking patience. So you could just open her up right away and enjoy. Um, Decanting might be nice for this bottle because it's just it's a bold and acidic red. So like that's usually a good thing to do. But again, no patience. And there is enough fruit on this bad bitch to drink right away without aeration. (laughs) So Nero Diavola, which is also known as Calabrese, is the most important red wine grape in Sicily. It's like 
it's it's part of like their cultural history this mm. grape um it's one of italy's most beloved indigenous varieties it's named after avola in the south of like the far south of sicily and its wines are compared to new world shirazes so they have those sweet tannins and that kind of plummy flavor with like the peppery notes mm. which we love um and you may be thinking i have never heard of this varietal before certainly have not that's probably because for most of the 20th century, Nero de Avola was used as a blending grape and the name very rarely appeared on wine labels. So we've all drunk it. You've drank probably it. had it without knowing it. Um, around the turn of the 21st century, however, the grape's fortunes had changed considerably, according to a website that I got this from. Um, and it is now a fairly common uh, single varietal wine as well. So now that you're like aware that it exists, it's going to be one of those things where you see it everywhere. Um, this wine is ruby red in color. It's fruity on the nose. It is strongly reminiscent of blackberries with a dry, slightly acidic, rounded, warm and full-bodied finish. That's just stunning. Like how I want to take a nap. Yeah, just like a hug. It's I a think- it's a I think Nero means black because I it met does. a dog named Nero last week. It does. And the, the grape is named for its color and then like the region. So mm. Avola being that very southern part of Sicily and Nero being black. These white these grapes are such a deep, dark, like purple midnight blue. Mm. So in, in any kind of you know, sunset light, they almost are going to look black. It's They're pretty gorgeous. That sounds awesome. Um, this bottle also Very clocks goth. in at 14% ABV. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the goth grape. Um, and it's also a popper. So if you do not already have in your possession a nice pop wine key, scurry on over with your nimble Ugh. fingers to whiningcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to stay afloat here, people. Um, and get She's yourself trashing. a wine key and a smattering of other comfortable merchandise items that you can don to sit alone at home. Scrunchies, sweatshirts with curse words on them. Yep. Yep. <laughs> A poster that you could tape up in your window and look at and pretend you're at a live show. Block out the sunlight. Block out the light and go into your fantasy world. It is a thick print. It's quality paper. It's true. Shall we pop? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right. Let's do it. I'm doing it this week. Are we Get ready? Yeah. I I don't have the fortitude. <laughs> soldier of not much fortitude. Not of soldier of no fortitude. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, God help me. <laughs> Did you just put on lotion? No. I'm just weak. <laughs> weak. We've, oh yes! Oh, it was so cute. It We've almost, atrophied. I almost hit myself in the face. <laughs> I could hear that. Yeah. Well, that nice yelp nice was nice really stop. authentic. I could hear how close to your face that. Was. Yeah, I could feel it. I'm just gonna drink this bitch straight out of the bottle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right.
right. Well, way ahead of you, kitten. Oh, cheers. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Lucy. What is our background and probably not psych for Sicilian crimes? All right. <laughs> no, no psych. No. <laughs> Just my own psychosis bleeding into my notes. Well, yeah. The yellow wallpaper is talking to me. <laughs> oh, my God. I found a really pretty floral yellow wallpaper in Animal Crossing, and I bought it, and I put it in my bedroom in Animal Crossing, and it looks like the yellow wallpaper. Yes. <laughs> so like you can go floral. insane in it's... both your regular and your fantasy world. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> There's no distinction at this point. It's all the same. Everything <laughs> okay. is dust. Sicily is a region of Italy located in the Mediterranean Sea, south of the Italian peninsula. So... When looking at a map, it's the rock that Italy's boot is kicking. Mm -hmm. Its name was given to the Roman province in 241 BC, derived from the name of the Sicels, which was a group of three tribes of people who inhabited the island during the Iron Age. Who were cool. involuntarily celibate. <laughs> I was just going to an island of incels. <laughs> no, I don't want to shit on Sicily like that. Not Yikes. cool. Sicily is not celibate. Next. <laughs> Sicily fucks. Sicily does fuck. Yeah. So here's a very dramatic quote from Encyclopedia Britannica. Yes. Quote, Sicily was inhabited 10,000 years ago. Its strategic location at the center... R-E. Centre. Centre of the Mediterranean has made the island a crossroads of history, a pawn of conquest and empire, and a melting pot for a dozen or more ethnic groups whose warriors or merchants sought its shores. Mm. So I then like the it. Greeks came and the Byzantine Empire and the Arab conquest and the Bourbons and the Garibaldi revolt, blah, 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 <laughs> European history. <laughs> I can't, it's so fucking messy, I cannot keep up with it, so. Mm. And Italy's blah, blah, like blah. smack dab right in the middle of Right in the middle everything. of it all. Oh. Poor bastards. Yeah, I just, I skipped over all that shit in the Wikipedia article, and I was scrolling for like, honestly, 90 seconds. Mm. <laughs> just to get through it. So the island is roughly triangular shaped, hence its nickname, Trinacria. Ooh. It is separated from the boot by the Strait of Messina, which is only about two miles wide in the northern end and ten miles wide at the southern end. So it's like barely an island, but it's also mm. a huge island. It is the largest island in the Mediterranean, and along with the surrounding smaller islands make up the Region Siciliana, which mm. is one of five autonomous regions in Italy. I didn't realize they had so many autonomous Regions. I wow. didn't either. I kind of thought they were like the regions were like, well, I guess they're like states, like U.S. states, where like some things yeah. are like Tuscany and sure, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's the only other one I know. <laughs> like Tuscany well, like and the Vatican. <laughs> Would that be that's it? a country. Yeah. That's that, its oh. own country. The Vatican. Mm-hmm. Weird. Is it called the Vatican? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. God. All right. Well, on to creepy things as well, on that note. <laughs> on to other creepy facts. <laughs> the Sicilian flag and coat of arms is a 
nightmarish tableau featuring <laughs> a Good. human head with an impish grin and black, soulless, bulging eyes under a Medusa hairstyle, surrounded by three disembodied bare legs splayed out like some White Walker shit, plus <laughs> some golden pine cones. I love it. There's a photo on the drive. Yes. Oh my god! I'm sure there's a story behind this, but I don't want to know. Don't email (gasps) me. Oh my god! It's worse than I had even imagined. Also, this graphic designer needs to be fired because the skin tone (laughs) is so scary and so (laughs) terrible. Juxtaposed against the the orange and the and the golden rod, like the lines around the, the black face eyes. the eyes are just two vaginal slits two blowholes <laughs> they look like trump's eyes yes where you could replace the eyes with his mouth and there's no Ugh. difference yeah. whatsoever ew that's what you probably look like with your pink eyeliner on yes <laughs> oh my god it's so creepy and the the le- i was picturing the legs floating around for oh no some no reason. it's like a but it's like a wheel it's a wheel coming out of the crotch head yeah. It's like a Could you imagine baby that thing? being born from the vagina of a three-legged person. Could I... you imagine that thing chasing you? Oh. <laughs> it's like just unreasonably fast. Yeah. I'm Googling it as you continue. Why <laughs> wow. so is word. the Sicilian flag? The way that it is. The way that it is. <laughs> I, just, I just finished that. Why is the Sicilian flag? <laughs> so fucking creepy. Okay. Sicily's most prominent geographical feature is Mount Etna, the tallest active volcano in Europe and one of the most active in the world. Oh, It stands two and a half times the height of Mount Vesuvius, and the term ever-present eruptions was mentioned in this article, so that's fun. Why would you want to go there? Well, okay, so now that I have Googled the flag, it ties in with these eruptions. So The the flag flag does? Yeah, the flag is characterized by the presence of triskelion, Gellies, Triskelies, in its middle, the winged head of Medusa and three wheat ears representing the extreme fertility of the land of Sicily. Yeah, that's extreme. The Triskelion <laughs> symbol is said to represent the three capes, headlands, or promontories on the island of Sicily, namely blah, 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 which form three points of a triangle from the historical three valley of the island. The flag is bisected diagonally into regions colored red and yellow. Red representing lava and yellow representing wheat. Wow. Good combo. You would think red for like the blood of the people or whatever. No. <laughs> lava. The blood of the innocents. Is there anything about the hollow eyes of the face? The addition of a pair of wings to the head of the Gorgon is modern, 1848. (laughs) The Gorgon? The Demogorgon? (laughs) The three ears of corn were added in the 1940s. Okay, Sicily needs to chill. Sicily needs (laughs) medication. The head at the center is called the Gorgoneon. The Gorgonzola. The Gorgonzola. (laughs) We need oh. to move on. Okay. None of this was information that I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I need shook. to move on. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. It's so ishy. I hate it. Okay. <laughs> 
The island is pretty mountainous, so the places that are able to be cultivated agriculturally are done so pretty intensively. Also, like all that volcano ash makes mm-hmm. for really fertile soil. Yeah, mm. those grapes are thriving. Yeah. That heat, that like moisture from being in the Mediterranean. And apparently wheat or corn mm. or whatever the gorgonzola says. <laughs> Get it. Corn sweats. All the Buried legs. Really good Uh, mushrooms. Fertile. (laughs) Stop it. Okay. (laughs) Sicily is... Okay, I really liked this fact. Sicily is home to the world's largest and oldest known chestnut tree. Mm -hmm. Oh, cute. Called the Hundred Horse Chestnut or Castagno de Cento Cavalli. Nice. That was really good. Nailed it. Thank you. It's thought to be between 2,000 and 4,000 years old, and this is ironic because humans have deforested almost the entire region, leaving forests to occupy only about 4% of the once lush island. Mm -hmm. And this has had a detrimental effect on their annual rainfall. So here is your hourly reminder that humans are fucking stupid. (laughs) It's nice that we've spaced it out to hourly. Yeah. I know. I started with daily, and then I was like, "Mm -mm -mm, "That's not often enough." Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if there was a word for like minutely or secondly. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. constantly. (laughs) 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 I was walking uh, Josie in the park the other day in uh, like Central Park in Louisville, and this lady walked up to me and was like, "I'm looking for the witch tree." Um, Do you know where that is? And I was like, which witch tree? <laughs> I was like, no, but I want to find want it. To know, yeah. Exactly. Can I join your search? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was just wandering around the park with her phone out, looking at every tree, looking down at her phone. I was like, okay, get it. <laughs> I want to encounter a strange woman who asks me about the witch tree (laughs) at some point in my life. You know, I was so caught off guard that I was like, "Uh, there are a lot of good trees. (laughs) Corden, young maiden, thou'st thy know the the path to the witch tree. (laughs) Tell the corn is big in Minnesota story. (laughs) I'm sure I've told it on the show before but in seventh grade there was a new girl that came to our school and she was like a very goth Goth. and um, And it wasn't me she didn't she didn't last she was like (laughs) she's alive and then gone (laughs) she transferred out because probably because of me was a goth fish in a very preppy pond In a very pastel blue sea toned <laughs> So, But I wanted to be friends and I was trying to be friendly. And so we were in science class. So I was like, hey, do you want me to be my partner for this lab? And she was like, yeah. And we're, we're chatting, doing the science experiment. And she was like, you know, so what are people into here? And I was like, I don't know. Like, what are you, what are you into? And she was like, Corn and oh no, oh no, corn is big in Minnesota, and she was like, Really? And I was like, Yeah, everybody loves corn, it's huge here, it's one of our main exports. No, I did not put it together through the entire conversation, not as big as soybeans, but (laughs) corn is pretty big. 
But, like, at the same time, I didn't give it away that I was talking about food necessarily. Not the band. And she didn't (laughs) give it. So we just, like, missed each other, like, ships in the night. And then later I saw her (laughs) corn band sticker on her folder. And then I was like, oh. Oh, God. What have I done? (laughs) (laughs) Tell her what you did. We all love corn. Yeah. (laughs) That's our favorite. I have had corn every day for the last four days. (laughs) Yep. Personally. We eat a lot of corn in this house, too, while listening to corn. (laughs) Yesterday, I had corn for dinner last night, and I just brought my floss with me to the dining table. Yeah. (laughs) Classy. Who do you have to impress? Oh, the husband I'm divorcing? <laughs> Not, no. <laughs> Apparently there's a rumor that Lucy is divorcing Corey. It's not true, but we are enjoying it. It's not true yet. Oh He's my on God. thin ice. He's on as the I, list. As I told these girls, murdering him would be a lot more lucrative than divorcing him. Yep. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Get that money, honey. Life insurance. Life insurance. Honey. Okay. So this is a little more from Encyclopedia Britannica. Quote, Sicilians are a diverse people, having had contact with a great variety of ethnicities and physical types through the centuries. Despite its position at the crossroads of many Mediterranean civilizations, it retains many characteristics of more rural regions bred of its isolation and distance from mainland Italy. One particular feature of the separateness of Sicilian life is the persistence of the Mafia, Mm -hmm. an organization dating from the Middle Ages that gradually evolved into a paralegal criminal brotherhood, which I love that term. Yep. Mm -hmm. It gives certain parts of the island virtually a dual government standard of conduct and system of enforcement. One is a legitimate regime and the other a shadow, but a pervasive social, economic, and political network maintaining its powers through violence. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's close out with just some fun random facts about Sicily. So because Sicily has its own dialect, so like a language, traditions, and culture, residents refer to themselves as Sicilians first and Italians second, which mm-hmm. I feel like is pretty common among like islands off of a country's right. mainland, mm-hmm. like Corsica in France. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Hawaiians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is very much a cultural melting pot in between Tunisia to the southwest by only 100 miles. I did not realize how close Tunisia yeah, was. I didn't yeah. know that either. But mm-hmm. also, I've never looked at a map. <laughs> so. <laughs> I also have no grip on how far 100 miles really is. Literally none. <laughs> Uh, and Greece to the east, some number of miles away. Didn't Google that one. Sicily <laughs> is a result of a blend of cultures, including Phoenician, Greek, Roman, Byzantine, Arab, Norman, French, German, Spanish, Italian, and even British civilization. Visigoth. Oh. What? I was just saying civilization. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just... Failing at human life. Uh, Moving on. (laughs) So that last fact 
really makes me want to brave the volcano and visit Sicily, if only for the fucking food. Also, I was so fucking hungry when I was writing these notes, I'm and so you can hungry. tell. I'm also really hungry, and Bill made me breakfast today. I feel hours like eating, ago. eating, yeah, but that not for me. I woke up at like ten thirty, <laughs> which I celebrated getting out of bed before eleven. And yeah. Bill, in full earnestness, goes, "Yay, let's make it a good day!" and gave me like a huge hug, like he was so proud. But I got out of bed before eleven. Oh, no. It was so let's pure. Make it a good day. It was so fucking pure. <laughs> Tragic. It was so tragic. And then he made me breakfast. So I basically had brunch and I'm already starving. I'm fine. Okay, well, here we go. Buckle up for this next part. Actually, grab a pen and some paper and you can let Bill know what to cook you for, you know, lunch. Mm. Pasta. (laughs) The island is sometimes referred to as God's Kitchen. Love it. The savory dishes of Sicily are viewed to be healthy using fresh vegetables and fruits such as tomatoes, artichokes, olives, olive oil, citrus apricots, aubergines, onions, beans, raisins, commonly coupled with seafood freshly caught from the surrounding coastlines, mm-hmm. including tuna, sea bream, mm-hmm. sea bass, cuttlefish, swordfish, sardines, and others. Nice. They use a lot of pasta and rice as well as cheese. So fuck me up with some arancini right now. It's my fucking favorite. Yes. They are all they are well known for their sweets as well, like cannoli, mm. biscotti, and granita. And gelato, which was ice cream's forefather, was invented by a Sicilian chef in 1686. So what you're saying is ice cream has devolved. Yeah. <laughs> because gelato is the best. Yep. I feel cheated by all of the ice creams available in my grocery store. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are some, right. what's that new, the gelati or whatever? The stuff that comes in the fancy oh, talenti or whatever? Container. Yeah, something like that. Mm, I don't know. Gelato. I need to explore the American ice cream aisle for sure. You've been here for like a month. What have you been doing? Right. Like literally what have you been doing? basically just been eating a lot of goldfish. Mm, Those are good. I have several flavors in the cupboard right now. I just love them. And I could eat one of those massive Costco-sized family things. I could eat that in one day. Oh, and have. I love them so much. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Has the allure of craft Parmesan worn off since you've been home? Oh, now that it's so widely available. You know, a little bit because wow. we are still in an Airbnb and we have like one pan. I had to like go buy a colander. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have not <laughs> been really cooking for six weeks, which is sure pretty gross of us. But hey, that's where we're at. <laughs> No judgment here. Yeah. I feel like once we're in our own house and have cookware, then I will be using my craft Parmesan more. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Speaking of food, the capital city of Palermo was rated among the top five cities in the world for street food. You're yes. killing me. I'm so fucking hungry. <laughs> I'm wasting away. I haven't eaten in two hours. <laughs> 
I feel like my cat that I'm trying to get on like a trained, like a feeding routine now. Yeah, just circling the bowl, waiting. He is such an asshole about it. He'll get up at four in the morning. He'll come up onto the bed and bite my head. Yep. (laughs) He bites my hair and my head until I wake up. Josie will bang her food bowl against the wall on purpose and then look at us. Okay, Callie would literally waste away and starve before making any kind of fuss about anything. (laughs) She just click clacks on the floor with her little toes. Yep. Callie embodies the, yay, let's make it a good day. Yeah. Oh, you haven't fed me in a week? I'm fine. I just want to be loved. I'll cook for you. Yeah. Amanda's a very good dog mom. Oh, yeah. I would never not feed my dog. Are you kidding me? She had eggs this morning. She's fine. She eats better than I do. (laughs) Okay. Amanda's going to like this. Sicily is famous for its traditional poopy (laughs) or puppets. Yes. P-U-P-I, poopy. I love a good poopy. In addition to that flag, I don't know that we can take this. (laughs) I can and will. You can go see L'Opera de Poopy or Puppet Show. (laughs) Pretty much everywhere. Poop opera. (laughs) A poopra. A poopra. And the plot lines are usually about grand medieval heroes and like the spread of Catholicism. Boring. Where's the poop? (laughs) (laughs) Shockingly devoid of actual shit, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate. That's rude. Um, Sonnets were invented in Sicily in the early 13th century by poet Giacomo Dalentini. Giacomo Dalentini. Nice. Spaghetti. Lentils. Okay. (laughs) Lastly, I have this really bizarre report. I googled fun facts about Sicily, and I found this list verse list, and this was randomly just plugged in among the, like, it's the home of the world's tallest volcano. So get ready, because it's a departure. (laughs) In 2004, strange events that would become known as the Fires of Caneto frightened the population of the quiet village of Caneto di Caronia. Nailed it. It started with electrical appliances that caught fire spontaneously for what? no apparent reason. Oh, oh no. weird. Ghosts. In- mm-hmm. Initially, most suspected faulty electrical lines until appliances started to catch on fire that weren't even plugged into the grid. No. Oh, no. No. Don't take my soda stream. Soon, non-electrical objects such as armchairs and mattresses also <gasps> inexplicably caught fire. How? Oh, my God. I mean, Even I understand a- that inexplicable means we don't know how, but how? <laughs> Even a van passing through the city was a victim of what many started to think were ghosts or evil yes. spirits. I'm telling you, it's ghosts. There's mm-hmm. no other explanation. There's no- no, none. The population panicked, and so did the authorities. The power grid was cut. The town was partially evacuated, and scientists from different parts of the world came to study the phenomenon, but no explanation was found. Oh, my God. Still? Yeah. Some said it was related to the static electricity generated by the railway nearby, while others said that the fault lay with the Etna volcano and its magnetic field. 
Some even started to suspect secret tests by the American army or UFOs because it's either one or the other. Yeah. (laughs) Months later, the events stopped as mysteriously as they had started (gasps) and Kaneto became once again a quiet little town. As of yet, there is no definitive explanation to the occurrence. Oh my God. That's so crazy and that it randomly stopped solidifies that it was UFO. Can aliens or ghosts start fires? I mean, I, uh, well, space is a vacuum, so maybe fires don't really exist where the aliens come from, and they were just like <laughs> fucking around. Maybe they had a giant that magnifying glass. Sound, you know how you don't have a solid grip on what a hundred miles is, right? <laughs> I don't think you have a solid grip on like things space? living in space because aliens wouldn't be like living in the vacuum of space. They you don't know where the aliens live. Inhabitable There's something planet. called magnetic fire. What? Which is Did a you just rap- Google that? Of course. Which what? is a rapid and uncontrolled of release of stored energy, producing significant energy loss in, for example, an electrical generator. I'm horrified. Rare There's Earth- no way to know. Rare earth magnets and magnetic materials may create sparks through contact in handling. No. <gasps> magnet no. theory. I'm going with magnet theory. Okay. Adding this to my ever-growing list of fears of natural disasters. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well done. Wow. Thanks. And should we hear a quick word from our sponsors? Yes, let's. I'm afraid. As summer turns to fall, Rothy's is here to make your day with comfortable, washable, and sustainable products. They make the cutest shoes. They're sustainable. They're so comfortable. And now they have bags made for life on the go. They are carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic. So they're, you know, saving the world. And these bags are unbelievably cute, just as cute as the shoes, if you can even imagine. (laughs) Can you even believe? (laughs) Um, Rothy's also come in an ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns. I have sampled most of them. Um, I have... (laughs) The Black Point, which is uh, their best-selling shoe, and uh, it has over 3,000 near-perfect reviews. It's my everyday shoe. I love it so much. I also have uh, the Flame Round Toe. I have the Candy Apple Red Sandals. I have the Point in Aubergine. I need the slide in Cherry. I'm on the waiting list because they do sell out regularly of all these shoes. I have my eye on um, the ruby red saddlebag bag. Okay. The saddlebags are so ridiculously adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Rafi's shoes are seamlessly knit with thread made from plastic water bottles, so they're ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on. There is zero break-in period. I know that a lot of brands say that. But it's actually true. And I have really sensitive feet, okay? And these shoes are comfortable the moment you put them on. It's incredible. They truly are. They're also all about sustainability. So Rothy's has kept over 50 million single-use plastic bottles out of landfills and transformed them into their signature thread, which again is knit into beautiful, sustainable, washable products. They're perfect. 
please go buy them. Yes, and here is how. Check out all the amazing shoes and bags available right now at rothys.com forward slash gals. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash G-A-L-S. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash gals today and treat your feet. Trade them. It is not always easy to make changes in your life. It's really easy to resist that, actually. So Mm -hmm. if you're in a job that you don't really like, but you don't really want to admit to yourself that you don't really like it because job hunting is the worst, or if you have been putting off breaking up with, like, a toxic partner, it's just Mm -hmm. easy to just kind of settling for the the mediocre, you know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. for example, the humble toothbrush... What has changed in the last hundred years? There's a handle, there's some bristles, and there's not much else to it. It's pretty, so, like, prehistoric. It pretty much is. So what's wrong with using the same old manual toothbrush anyway? Well, nothing. Unless you think there's something wrong with staying put while the rest of the world moves ahead. Because don't while be manual, left behind. Don't be left behind. Because while manual toothbrushes haven't changed much, electric brushes have changed the game. And nowadays, there is no reason not to get a dentist quality clean every day. So meet Bruch, the modern electric toothbrush that keeps your teeth cleaner and fruscher. (laughs) All while being kind to your wallet. So Bruch... It's also the sound that your mouth makes while your teeth are being scrubbed at 31,000 brush movements a minute, which is a hundred times faster than manual brushing. Those puppies are getting clean. It's like the hummingbird of toothbrushes. Yeah. Bruch also gives you a dentist quality clean in just two minutes without the costly markups of other brands. And it's sleek design and three stylish colors to choose from. Make it one beautiful brush. <laughs> Don't be a fool. I'm, I'm trying to really drive home the umlauts. <laughs> it's working. Um, so I absolutely love this br- brush, Bruch. <laughs> um, I have tried other electric toothbrushes before and was not sold. And this one completely blew my mind. It is... Powerful, but still really gentle on your teeth and on your gums. There are different, um, there are six unique cleaning modes that you can choose from, including a tongue mode, which is so important. And a mm-hmm. lot of electric toothbrushes forget the tongue. And like, that's where the bad breath is, y'all. Yeah, don't skip the tongue. Mm-hmm. It also has other advanced features that you'll love. It has a smart timer with quad pacers. So you can like, you know, I my dentist was like, are you right-handed? I was like, yeah, how do you know that? Oh, it's because no. <laughs> my right quadrants of my mouth were brushed harder than my left before I started using brush. So now I can time out my quadrants and make it an even clean. Um, it also comes with a four-week battery life a magnetic USB-powered charging station and sleek carrying case for easy traveling back when that was a thing. (laughs) And with every brush head refill shipped, Bruch takes care of a mouth in need through their one-for-one oral care give-back partnership with A Reason to Smile. I love when brands give back like that. Mm -hmm. 
So be warned, a brush this good doesn't just clean your teeth, it also steals your heart. It sure has done with me. E yeah. Thank God I got two of them because Corey would have been stealing mine and I'm not okay with that. <laughs> So get 15% off your Bruch kit when you use promo code GALS, that's G-A-L-S, at Bruch.com. So that is B-R-U-U-S-H.com, promo code GALS, G-A-L-S. Treat your teeth. Treat them. Are we ready for my case? Well, sure. Why not? This is actually a fan pick case. Ooh. So thank you for bringing this to our attention. Giuseppe Fava, who went by the nickname... Pippo. Oh. <gasps> Poopy. I, I wonder if Pippo Poopy. enjoyed the L'Opera de, de Poopy. Poopy. <laughs> Was born in 1925 in the small si Sicilian town of Palazzolo Acreidi. Mm. His grandparents were peasants, paysans. Eh? Eh? Uh huh. Sopranos? <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, I've never actually seen this. Oh, I was thinking of Paisano's pizza, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but okay. both his parents had moved into the middle class as elementary school teachers, and education was important in the family. As a young man, Pippo moved to Catania, the second largest city in Sicily, to study law. He completed his studies in 1947, but he soon turned his attention away from law and towards journalism. Fava soon developed a reputation as a dedicated journalist who could write about anything from politics to football to theater to puppet shows. Poopy. Mm. To poopies. In 1952, he was appointed editor-in-chief of Catania's daily newspaper, the Espresso Sera. Oh. Which I would I love an espresso an Santa right espresso now. right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sounds delicious. And Fava's love of writing extended beyond journalism. He also became a prolific writer of fiction, plays, and screenplays, several of which were turned into award-winning films during his time. Cool. So he's just crushing, he's crushing it. it. Also somewhere in there, he began having children, but there's very little about his personal life and his family online, which mm -hmm. is probably for a reason, and we will get to it. Mm -hmm. But I'm assuming he had a partner because he had children. Same with my guy. Definitely had kids, definitely had a wife, but there's like nothing much out there about yeah. them. So Pippo enjoyed a long tenure at Espresso Sera, but in 1980, he accepted the position of editor-in-chief of another Catania paper, Il Giornale del Sud. Here, Pippo cultivated a team of young journalists, including his own son, Claudio. Klaus. <laughs> That's Claudio with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that book. And this, uh, this team became known for its dogged investigative reporting into local politics and economics. I think you can see where this is going. Uh-huh. Fava was on a mission to transform the paper into one that would expose the truth at all costs in order to, quote, bring about justice and defend freedom in Italy. It's a dangerous game you're playing there, pal. Mm. But unbeknownst to Fava when he accepted the job, the owners of the paper had ties to the local Sicilian mafia. Uh-huh. And from what, what time was this in history? This is probably like 40s. Well, no, he he graduated from law school in the 40s. He was an editor somewhere else. This could be like the 60s and My 70s My guy might have point. been the one who killed him. 
<laughs> oh, did we cover the same case? Uh, no, th- his person is not, <laughs> like, doesn't damn. sound familiar to me, but okay. my mob boss guy that I cover, like, mm. was notorious for taking out members of the press who, oh. like, challenged him. So it's very possible that, and I did search for my guy's name in this doc to just triple make sure, because okay. so many of these cases are similar. Yeah. Okay. We're good. I think so we're, we're good. good, but I wouldn't be surprised if there were ties. Well, we to... have a suspect. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. So from what happened next, it's clear that these owners of the newspaper grew nervous that Fava's reporting team was a little too good at exposing mm-hmm. corruption. So I'm basically just picturing like spotlight, but with mm-hmm. Italian instead of like <gasps> I bad just Boston watched accents. That. So did I. I loved that movie. So good. So good. And so despite, or rather because of, his brave work, Fava was fired after only a couple of years at this newspaper. And importantly, the team of young journalists that Fava had hired chose to basically go on strike, and they occupied the newspaper's office for over a week to protest their mentor's firing. Wow. Yeah. So he, they just, they loved him. And um, ultimately, the newspaper owners actually decided to just shut down the whole newspaper rather Whoa. than deal with the situation. Because they were like, well, Fuck we, this. we can't just blatantly fire all of you for being good at reporting against the mafia, because then that's pretty clear that we're part of the mafia. But yep. <laughs> And we all know we're not getting all of our money just through this newspaper. So we're just going to shut it down. Yeah. Just never. Okay, we're closed now. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> we're disappearing into the wilderness for six months. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> this is our plan, folks. So if we just all of a sudden go missing, don't look for us. <laughs> <laughs> Leave us alone. <laughs> we need a tether to reality. Yeah, we do. You're the only thing keeping us tethered to reality, honestly. Um, in 1983, Giuseppe, along with several of his reporters who had followed him from Il Giornale, founded his own magazine, which he titled E. Siciliani, The Sicilians. The magazine dedicated itself to exposing and denouncing corruption in Sicilian business and politics, basically tackling the mafia head-on in, like, the birthplace of the mafia. Head-on applied directly to the forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Does anyone else remember waking up to those commercials in the middle of the night because you fell asleep with the TV on and you thought you were having a manic episode, but it was just that commercial? Head on, applied directly to to the the forehead. forehead. Head on, applied directly to the forehead. Head on, applied directly to the forehead. I don't know that. That was the whole commercial. It just said it three times. I'll send you a video. Okay. Don't worry. Okay. (laughs) This nightmare will soon grace your memory as well. We'll apply this nightmare directly to, to your the forehead. forehead. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's like a headache relief medicine in just, it's like a giant chapstick. Is it salon pause? Just... <laughs> I forgot about salon, salon pause. <laughs> Holy shit. What even Whoa. was that? It's still around. What is it though? I don't no know. one ever explained it to me. Googling it. I think it's old. I think they're like early lidocaine patches, but without lidocaine. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Salon pause. Here we go. Here we go. Here we yes, go. Yes. Yes. Salon pause. 
It's a brand name line of over-the-counter pain-relieving products. Yes. Manufactured by Hisamitsu Pharmaceutical of Japan. Okay. That makes more sense why it's Salon Paws because it's just not a good name. Oh, my God. Approximately 20 billion Salon Paws transdermal patches have been sold in the last 20 years. Wow. It's a pain-relieving patch. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Let's get back to it. Okay. <laughs> this episode's sponsored by Head On and Salon Magnets.com <laughs> and Salon Paws. Our sponsor game is getting really broad. You know, we got to <laughs> eat. We got to eat, too, people. Late night TV <laughs> as seen on TV commercials. That is my dream. We need Very to shift specific demographic. all of our ads. <laughs> all right. To back the late to East Siciliani. So... Because this magazine was entirely self-funded, Fava did not have to hold back. So his team just went for it, and they published, like, graphic photos of murders by the mafia. They openly called out politicians and, like, captains of industry who were contributing to the economic corruption and environmental destruction of the area. So they just were, like, naming names. Mm Mm-hmm. And they paid special attention to those in power who had ties to the mafia. Pippo came out hot out of the gate. In the hungry, very hungry Pippo. Hungry, <laughs> hungry <laughs> Pippo. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so it's so stupid. <laughs> I know this is a different part of Italy, but I'm picturing a hippo dressed up as like one of those like Venice canal rower boat rowers. <laughs> With a little beret on and a striped shirt. I'm picturing him as a mime. Oh. Like a Venetian street performer. As a poopy? Yes. As a poopy. <laughs> So, okay, in the very first edition of E. Siciliani, he published an article titled I Quattro Cavalieri dell'Apocalisse Mafiosa. Damn. That's that. That's that one semester of Italian really paying yeah, off. It. <laughs> so that means the four horsemen of the mafia apocalypse. And this exposed the deep mafia ties of four of the most prominent businessmen in Sicily. Mm. The article openly named these men and published their photos. Ooh, doxing. Yeah. One of the men (laughs) exposed in the article, Gaetano Gracci, was actually one of the owners of Il Giornale that had ordered Fava's firing. So one of them was his ex-boss, and he was just like, this guy. Holy shit. This is brave. Yeah. Yeah. And also vengeful, Mm. but still (laughs) noble. So it's pretty great. It's all I love a noble venge. (laughs) (laughs) The article also openly named and included a photo of Benedetto Nito Santa Paola. Benedict Arnold. (laughs) Benedetto (laughs) Santa Paola, a local mafia boss in Catania who went by the nickname Il Cacciatore, the hunter. Mmm, cacciatore. Yeah, I'm delicious. Yeah, chicken cacciatore. Sounds delicious. Santa Paola had been heading up the Sicilian mafia or Cosa Nostra in Catania since 1975. He acted as chief enforcer with the local businessmen and also oversaw an extremely lucrative heroin trafficking operation. Hard same. 
So. This is definitely around the same time as my case, so there's mm-hmm. going to be some crossover mm-hmm. for sure. At the time this article was published, the influence of the mafia in Sicily was something um, that was very much not talked about publicly. So mm-hmm. people, like everyone knew it was there, but nobody talked about it. And it was not uncommon to hear major figures in politics and business try to claim that the Sicilian mafia did not exist. Well, and if you talked about it, which we'll kind of get to in my case, you will be murdered. Yeah. Like straight up. Mm-hmm. So that's why people didn't fucking talk about it. They didn't want to yeah. die. They just kept mm-hmm. their mouths shut. Mm-hmm. So you might also hear people claim that, like, sure, there's a mafia presence in Palermo, but not in Catania. So Fava flew in the face of this common refrain by claiming that not only did the mafia exist, it was full on running all of Sicily. Mm-hmm. Fava followed up his first issue with other anti-mafia articles and even appeared on national talk shows to denounce the mafia's influence over parliament. Yep. In one such TV interview, he stated, and this is roughly translated by Google Translate, I realize there is enormous confusion about the mafia problem. The mafia, they are in parliament. The mafia are sometimes ministers. The mafia are bankers. The mafia are those who are on top of the nation right now. We cannot define mafia as the petty criminal who arrives and imposes a price on your small business. This is petty crime stuff, which I think you live with in all Italian cities, in all European cities. The phenomenon of the mafia is a lot more tragic and important. So I think also at the time the mafia was moving into, like we said, like drugs trafficking and like it was becoming more hardened of an enterprise. Well, like the world is changing, you know, this is is more globalization. Right, exactly. So their tactics can can expand. Yeah, and I mean, this will get mentioned in my case too, but after the Vietnam War, like heroin became a hugely lucrative export out of Italy, Mm -hmm. like specifically Sicily. So there were warring mafia families like for that, Enterprise between mm-hmm. the Sicilian Mafia and the Paloma Mafia families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was like bonks, and drugs had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Send teenage boys off to war in a place that has heroin. Yep. Gonna have a lot and of And then send them back home, and they all have they PTSD yeah. and mm-hmm. no fucking support. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's great. So as you might imagine, all of this, everything that... Fava is doing did not go over well with the power players in the Sicilian Mafia, which does not exist. Wink, wink. (laughs) On January 5th, 1984, shortly before the publication of the 12th issue of I Siciliani, as Fava was waiting to pick up his granddaughter from a theater rehearsal, maybe poopy, I'm not sure. (laughs) Let's assume. There's no way to know, so it's absolutely a poopy rehearsal. Uh Pick me up from the poopy, Papa. (laughs) <laughs> Pippo, pick me up from the poopy. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> so he's waiting to pick up his granddaughter, and he is shot in the head. Oh. Mm-hmm. Glad you laughed. <laughs> oh, when? <laughs> Just escalates really quickly with you. <laughs> yeah. You never know. The initial investigation into Fava's death was inconclusive. Local detectives theorized that Fava had not been taken out by the mafia, but that his murder had been a crime of passion. Yeah, 
Shocker, local detectives Mm -hmm. are tied to the mafia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Surprise! Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this ludicrous assertion was based purely on the claim that the type of gun used to kill Fava was not a gun commonly associated with mafia hits. Mm. So therefore, it couldn't be the mafia. Case closed. (laughs) No notes. (laughs) But in 1994, Maurizio Avola, ah, Avola. Yes. It all circles back. The wine. The wine. The wine. (laughs) Who was uh, Nito's nephew. So um, remember the mafia boss, Nito? Yep. Yep. So his nephew is Maurizio Avola, and he turned pentito, which means penitent, or mm-hmm. it's the Italian term for someone who is formerly involved in organized crime but then begins snitching. Mm-hmm. Mm. So he confessed to the killing of Giuseppe Fava along with a whopping 70 other murders. Oh, yeah. Good God. Oh, that's, you just wait. <laughs> that's, this is peanuts. That's nothing. That's, that's peanuts. That's poopy. That's poopy. <laughs> um, In comparison. Some reports say that he killed as many as uh, 80 uh, yeah, others. So, he's still got nothing on my guy. Damn. damn. Oh, it's God bad. damn it. So Avola would later tell reporters that he became a mafia hitman in his early 20s. Quote, at a young age, I was working at my father's restaurant in Catania. I knew from the start that that kind of work wasn't for me. Every evening, I think about the money and the power while polishing glasses. I wanted to become someone, but I couldn't be bothered to study. Start a podcast. (laughs) You don't have to go to the mafia. I had this exact moment polishing glassware in an Italian restaurant. You think about the money and the power. Yeah, and I didn't go to the mob. (laughs) So basically, he like went to his uncle and... The uncle yeah. was like, are Put you good with coach. a gun? And he was like, yeah. And then he was like, you're pretty agile and nimble, right? And he was like, yeah. And yeah, he was I like, was a waiter for years. <laughs> so <laughs> basically. with a tray. <laughs> <laughs> so then he started at like with robberies or whatever, but then very quickly moved up to being a hitman. And Avola also claimed that his uncle Nito had personally ordered Fava's killing. So he implicated his uncle directly. Following his nephew's testimony in 1998, Santa Paula was convicted of ordering the murders of Giuseppe Fava, among many others, and was sentenced to life in prison. He is still alive today, mm-hmm. and it is widely believed that he continues to command the Cosa Nostra from prison all these years later. Yep. They do that not surprise want me. to let that shit Go. No. no. Well, I don't think there's like an exit plan. Either you're on top in charge or you're dead. Or you're dead or in prison <clears throat> forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Santa Paula was back in the headlines a couple months ago when his lawyers petitioned for his early release from prison, citing concerns that at 81 years old, he was particularly at risk from COVID-19. Santa Paula's request was denied, but several other prominent figures in the Sicilian mafia over the age of 70 were released and placed under house arrest due to concerns about coronavirus. Yeah, our cases are very similar, but, like, this is very much a thing in Italy because they have, like, legislation in place for inmates to who are, like, 
elderly or Mm -hmm. ill Mm -hmm. to be able to die with dignity at home. Mm, So even if you do have a life sentence, like a lot of these life sentences when they do get older basically get commuted and change – I mean, they're not gone. They still are under house arrest and, like, under lock and key, but they get to die in their own houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I'm don't, not, I don't have, have a fully opinion formed on it. opinion on it. I yeah. don't have an opinion on it one way or another. I just came across this doing my case mm-hmm. as well. And so mm-hmm. I'm, like, aware that this is a thing in Italy. Mm-hmm. Giuseppe Fava's son, Claudio, who went on to become a politician and currently heads up a national anti-mafia commission... Get it. Spoke out against these releases, claiming that the mafia bosses were simply taking advantage of the pandemic and using it as leverage to secure early release. A thousand percent. Oh, I mean, I would, in their easier, shoes, I would do the same. It's a lot easier to run a faction of the mafia from your fucking house than mm-hmm. it is from prison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just more comfortable. Yep. Claudio is not the only member continuing uh, his father's anti or family member continuing his father's anti-mafia crusade. Giuseppe's daughter Elena continued the Fava or created the Fava Foundation to preserve her father's legacy and encourage young people to fight violence and corruption through journalism. Cool. These kids, these kids these days who are yeah. like fully in their 60s. We believe the children are our future. (laughs) Uh, The foundation helped fund a new iteration of Fava's magazine titled E. Siciliani uh, Giovani. Um, Titled Fava Beans and a Nice Chianti. (laughs) The Young Sicilians. (laughs) It was also instrumental in working to have one of Nito Santa Paola's houses reclaimed by the city of Catania and turned into a memorial to journalists killed by the mafia. So that's That's pretty cool. Yeah. The space now holds a summer workshop for aspiring journalists called Journalism Tools to Fight Organized Crime. Francesca Andreozzi, Giuseppe's uh, granddaughter, helped organize last summer's workshop, and then she told the young attendees that, quote, In the era of fast and fake news, my dream is that new generations of journalists will not forget the importance of field reporting to carry on the legacy of those journalists we lost along the way, trying to keep us informed and free. Mm-hmm. Numerous journalists, lawyers, judges, and politicians have been murdered by the Sicilian mafia since Fava's death, which we will probably get to in Amanda's case. Mm-hmm. So his dream of seeing his homeland free from corruption is far from achieved, but it continues to live on through his family's work and through old issues of E. Siciliani, which are still considered to be the gold standard for in- independent investigative journalism. I love it. According to one 2018 article, quote, if you read it now, E. Siciliani is still as shocking, powerful, and compelling as it was 30 years ago. The issues mm-hmm. are still there. The love for the place is still there. Nothing ever changes in Sicily. Oof. Ugh, I mean, chilling. everybody, I feel like so many people love to bitch and moan about the press and media spin. And yes, that's like a valid criticism, but the press is so fucking important. So like important. And that's why it's scary. Evolve society or democracy. In it's the required. U.S., when unmarked cars of yes. government agents that don't display badge numbers. Snatch people off the fucking street. Mm-hmm. Have we figured out where the fuck they're taking those people? I don't know. I don't. Guantanamo? Ugh. No, I'm yeah, kidding. Yeah, I mean... I understand, like, the, uh, the the fake news, quote-unquote, bandwagoning, because, like, yes, there are 
disappointing media outlets that don't actually properly report. That's just fact. Mm -hmm. But there are so many good journalists out there that are doing incredibly, like, patriotic and important work Mm -hmm. to make sure that we are fucking aware because if the government was in charge of all of that shit, look, think of how, think of what we would know Uh if, if Trump truly had control over the media and was able to shut it down in the way that he wanted and funnel, like, everything through Fox News. It'd be, it'd be be sick. We'd be dealing with, like, underground newspapers that you'd get arrested if you were caught with. Mm Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, fascism, uh, yeah. authoritarianism, mm-hmm. his yeah. default mode. Yeah. So anyway, before, next time you want to shit on the, me- the media, quote unquote, mm-hmm. think about the actual, like, important work that they're doing. Think about Pippo. Yeah. Remember Pippo. He gave yeah. his hungry, life Pippo. for the truth. Don't forget Pippo. Ugh, I love it. Good work. All nice right. job. Yeah, well, thanks. Nice investigative journalism. Yeah, sure. Spotlight. I would would not sully that name by calling what we (laughs) do journalism. Let's make it clear that is not what we do. (laughs) No. We are not journalists, and we have no integrity. Shall we hear a word from our sponsors? (laughs) (laughs) Quick word from our sponsors. (laughs) I repeat. No integrity. Oh, okay. So I, like many others, are working from home, have been for a while, and I got a couple new co-workers, which are my cats. And let me tell you, when you're home all day, they let you know when they're not pleased with the state of their litter box. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ray likes to make a lot of impromptu, uh, you know, noises during recordings. It's, he'll knock on the door. He's a talker. He's a talker. So if you have cats too, you are also spending more time with the necessary evil, a.k.a. the litter box. And when things heat up outside, aromas intensify indoors. That is absolutely true. Even though my litter boxes are in the basement, that's also where my laundry setup is. And since I'm just doing more laundry because I'm home more often, it's just a constant reminder Mm. so I used to use clay litter never again never again Mm -hmm. because I have switched to pretty litter and with it being summer the stink has gone down so drastically it is Mm -hmm. amazing so I need my place to be a comfortable stress-free zone thankfully pretty litter is less maintenance and keeps my home smelling fresh Ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly and last up to a month. Seriously, a month. I change this litter once a month. That is... That's amazing. Yeah. And it's just really easy to just, you know, scoop those poops right out. And it doesn't smell, so it doesn't even really feel like a huge, horrible chore that I need to force my husband to do instead of me because I can't tolerate it. (laughs) (laughs) So Pretty Litter is safe for your cat and friendly for the whole household. Many conventional litters contain irritants that can aggravate allergies and asthma, but Pretty Litter's super light crystal base minimizes mess and dust so you can breathe easy. And Pretty Litter arrives safely at your door in a small lightweight bag. Shipping is free and then you don't have to worry about running to the store. Win-win. I love win, that. Win-win-win-win-win. Oh, yeah. Uh, but above all, here is why Pretty Litter is a favorite, 
for cat owners. It changes colors to help detect early signs of potential illness, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues in your kitties. Because most cats can't speak English, and they also mm-hmm. are really bad at giving like body language to let you know that they're in pain or they're sick. Yeah, they, they tough it out. They tough it out, and they're purring the entire time. They purr when they're happy and when they're in pain. So, like, this mm-hmm. is incredibly important to keep an eye on your on your cat's health. Mm-hmm. So, save yourself. Make it a no-stink summer with Pretty Litter today by visiting prettylitter.com and use promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com, promo code GALS, for 20% off. PrettyLitter.com, promo code GALS. Treat yo kitties. Treat them. As you all know, I am a big proponent of self-care, and self-care can take many forms, but it doesn't have to be hard, and it also doesn't have to be time-consuming. It can, you know, be just a little thing that you change up to your daily routine that helps you feel better throughout the day. And that is why I love CBD, specifically Caliper CBD, because it is a powder in a pre-measured packet and you just put it in whatever you're already going to have. You can put it in your coffee. You can put it in your morning yogurt. You can put it in your nightly tea. You can put it... Your morning ice cream. <laughs> whatever. Whatever is part of your routine. And it just, for me, it helps me sleep easier. It helps me feel less sore throughout the day. Um, it's just, Caliper is just a better way to consume CBD. Yeah. It just takes the edge off of like whatever. So mm-hmm. Caliper believes everyone deserves a simple way to feel better. Unlike CBD oils, Caliper CBD powder is completely tasteless and mixes easily in any food or drink. There's no weird taste. There's no oily residue. There's no icky mouthfeel. And mm-hmm. there is precisely 20 milligrams uh, in each packet of Caliper CBD. So you never have to question how much CBD you're taking again. Yeah. With those droppers, it can be super hard to know how much you're putting in there because what is a drop? What is three drops? I don't have eyes in my mouth. No -hmm. one has eyes in their mouth. You don't really know how much is going in there. Mm -hmm. So rediscover your best self with a CBD product that is clinically proven to be superior to standard CBD oils. This fact blew me away. Your body is mostly water. And oil and water do not mix, and CBD oil is no different. So it's clinically proven that you absorb 450% more CBD with caliper CBD powder compared to tinctures. That's that's amazing. 450%. And caliper Mm -hmm. gives you all the benefits of CBD in just 15 minutes, and that's about twice as fast as CBD oil. So Caliper CBD comes in affordable 10 and 30 count packs. You can get started for under $20. This is so affordable. Individual packets give you the benefits of CBD wherever you go. Unlike some products out there, Caliper is completely THC free. So you get all the goodness of CBD with no high, which is great because, you know, people need to work and use your brain. Yeah, drive a car. You're totally fine. 
So all natural, non-GMO ingredients. There's no fillers, no added chemicals or artificial flavors. You can really feel good about what you're putting in your body, how it's going to benefit you, and be confident in exactly how much and what's in it. Yep. So get 20% off your first order when you use promo code WINECRIME at trycaliper.com slash winecrime. You can try Caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, they'll give you a full refund. That's trycaliper.com slash winecrime. Don't forget promo code winecrime for 20% off your first order. Treat your life. Treat it. So today, I'm going to be talking about Salvatore Rita, who was nicknamed The Beast. Oh. Which was also my nickname in middle school. (laughs) (laughs) Because I got this nickname on the bus in middle school because the boys in the back of the bus love to yell penis at the top of their lungs. Oh, yeah. And I reported this to my mother And she wrote me a list of anatomically correct verbiage of the female anatomy, wrote it down. To yell back? Yep. So that I could take that on the bus and yell those back. And that I was like widely accepted among them for doing this. And they called me the beast and I was allowed to ride in the back of the bus. That's amazing. (laughs) If I wanted to. So you would just be like, vulva. Literally. Ovaries. Oh, my God. Yeah. But Salvatore was not called the Beast because of his ability to mouth off at older kids on the school bus, Mm -hmm. um, but rather for his absolutely brutal tactics when he served as the boss of bosses for several decades in the Sicilian Mafia. So Salvatore was born in 1930 to a poor family living in Corleone. And, like, Mm. he legit is the Godfather trilogy. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of reports indicated that many storylines in that series were based on... This guy. This guy, yep. Mm -hmm. Um, When he was 13, he lost his father to an absolutely horrific accident where Giovanni, his dad, found a bomb that appeared to be like a dud. Oh, no. And with the intention of taking it apart to sell the metal and gunpowder for scrap, the bomb went off. Oh, no. Killing himself and one of his sons, who was only seven at the time, and injured another of his sons in the process. Jesus. Yeah. It's fucking bizarre. Don't try to sell scrap metal from a bomb. I know, but I guess that's also an indicator of, like, how poor these people were. Yeah. So it's very sad. Um, This tragedy seemed to set Salvatore on a dark path. Joining the mafia and killing for the first time at the age of 19 after getting into a fist fight. Um, this would be the kill that officially like inducted him into the mafia family. Mm-hmm. So he went to prison for this murder, serving 12 years. And upon his release at the age of 32, he, or around that age, I guess, 31, 32, he quickly rose in the ranks of the Colianese faction of the Sicilian mafia. At that time, Michel Navarro was the boss of that faction, but he was overthrown in 1958 when Luciano Leggio, a young but ruthless mob leader, ordered to have Michel shot and killed so that he could take over as boss. Because mm. this is just like the way that it's done. Yeah. So Leggio kept Salvatore close along with two other confidants, uh, Calagero Bagarella and Bernardo Provenzano. And this crew ruled with an iron fist. 
So wanting to keep the mafia legacy in the family, Salvatore ordered his own son at the age of 17 to strangle a kidnapped man with his bare hands to formally induct him into the mafia just as he had done in at the age of 19. Well, great, and maybe his grandson could get in at 15 and we'll just keep lowering Uh the bar. Pretty much. So Leggio and his crew spent several years cleaning house, eliminating any of Michelle Navarra's remaining supporters in an attempt to prevent any of them from coming back to avenge Navarra. Mm -hmm. These murders didn't exactly go unnoticed, and Salvatore went into hiding for several years before being caught and charged in 1969. But in true mafia fashion, Salvatore and Big Boss Luciano intimidated jurors and witnesses so successfully that they got an acquittal on all murder charges. Oh, great. Uh Uh-huh. Good. So you really don't want jury duty in Sicily. Not in Sicily. Oh, God. So in 1974, when Luciano Leggio was finally put away for the murder of Michelle Navarra, Salvatore was his successor. Though Leggio still gave plenty of orders from prison. Not wanting to be challenged, Salvatore made it his mission to wipe out members of the rival Palermo Mafia uh, families, declaring an all-out war that began in 1981 and lasted about five years. Yeah, so right around the same time as my case. Yep. Power and money were the catalyst for this war, with the Palermo families encroaching on Salvatore's control of the heroin trade that had grown as a lucrative export to the U.S. after the Vietnam War. Salvatore was not about to share his business with another mafia faction, so he made it his mission to take out any and all competitors. It's estimated that between 1981 and 1984, up to a thousand killings took place. Oh, yep. Securing Salvatore and the Corleonese as the ruling mafia family. These killings, unfortunately, included civilians. In one particularly brutal attack, quote, Rina ordered the bombing of an express train from Naples to Milan on Christmas Eve in 1984, killing at least 16 people and wounding nearly 300. What? Mm -hmm. Just to kill one person on the train, they took out all these, they took out the whole train? It wasn't even to target anyone on the train. The attack was a terrorism. I mean, that is what it is, but the 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 motive, quote unquote, if you can call it that, behind the attack was meant to distract Italian security forces from probing the Sicilian mafia after a mafia turncoat had testified against them. Just just oh. a distraction? Just a distraction. Like if we could stage this act of terrorism to get like the media off of our backs wow. and the state off of our backs, maybe we can you know, just squeak by and move on. That is so fucking cold. All it's, you need are reports that Ellen is mean on her yep. talk show. That yep. is enough of a distraction. <laughs> yep. Or get Cardi B to release a new single about female pleasure. Wow. Oh my God. My mom, who is very liberal, called me to be like, I just think it's wrong and it's gross. And I was like, you you need to stop because I don't recognize you. Right, Like, this is yeah. not okay. You can no. take I your tone even policing heard it yet. somewhere else, mom. Yeah. Get on board it. with the wet ass pussy. Ew. Also, get on board with the dry ass pussy. I'm a lube gal, okay? Whatever. You do. Anyway. Ooh, whatever it takes. Yep. Just get it done. So this attack would later be known as the Christmas Massacre. And mafia expert John Dickey said in a later interview, quote, he assassinated his rivals. He killed all of them, hundreds of them. He literally ethnically cleansed them out of Palermo. 
Jesus. Cool. What a yeah. cool guy. He was horrific. Uh, and speaking of horrific, in one of the most horrific acts I have ever heard of, Salvatore ordered the capture of a young boy, some reports say 13, some as young as 11, who was the son of an informant. So oh, one of those no. piccolos or whatever you were talking about earlier. Pentito. There it is. Um, he was tortured, strangled to death, and dissolved in a barrel of acid uh, to send a message to those who were thinking of turning on him. Yeah, murdering children. That yeah, sends a message. Yeah, real good. Aren't a lot of children values died. amongst mm-hmm. heroin smugglers? Yep. Evidently not. No. So this attack really fueled the government's desire to take down the mob. Two judges were central to this mission, Giovanni Falcone and Paolo Borsellino. They launched what was called the Maxi Trial, which lasted a grueling six years from February 10th, 1986 to January 30th, 1992. This so now was you not- really, really don't want to be a juror in Sicily. Oh, you really don't. And Nor a rural juror. A rural no. juror. This was not your average trial, obviously, given the highly dangerous nature of going after the mob. So it was held in a bunker-style courthouse that had literally been built for this purpose. They built a bunker to oh, hold no. this trial in. So inside. that it couldn't be bombed. Yeah, pretty much. It's in the bunker was like in the basement of the Uciardone prison. So, like, it's a bunker inside of a prison. Um, according to Wikipedia, our favorite resource, quote, Sicilian prosecutors indicted 475 mafiosi for a multitude of crimes relating to mafia activities based primarily on testimonies given as evidence from former mafia bosses turned informants. Most were convicted. So 338 out of the 475 were convicted. Wow. Um, sentences totaled 2,665 years, not including life sentences that were handed out to 19 of the bosses. Damn. And the convictions were upheld on uh, the 30th of January, 1992, by the Supreme Court of Italy after the final stage of appeal. It is considered to be the most significant trial ever against the Sicilian Mafia, as well as the largest trial in world history. Holy shit. It's a five-year trial in a bunker. Mm -hmm. I know. I hadn't either. Super fascinating. So, as you can imagine, Salvatore didn't take too kindly to this massive crackdown and incarceration of his mob faction. So he was charged during this trial, but managed to squeak through without going to prison this time around. Mm -hmm. So out and free and pissed off, Salvatore went straight for the top dogs who had launched this trial, Falcone and Borsellino. In 1992, Falcone, his wife, and three police officers were killed by car bomb in broad daylight in the capital city of Palermo. Uh Uh-huh. Two months later, another car bomb took out Borsellino and five other officers, and when this did not prove effective in calling off efforts to imprison him, he ordered more attacks across the Sicilian mainland in an attempt to intimidate the state into backing down, including the killing of, like, the president of Sicily, who was shot dead in his car in 1980. Oh my god! Yeah, so he he literally... how were Falcone and Borsellino not given, like, round-the-clock security? I think they were, because officers were killed in those car bombs. Fuck. In both car bombs, like in Falcone's bomb, his wife and three officers were killed. And in uh, uh, Borsellino's, he and five officers were killed. So I think they did have protection. Shit. And it just, yeah, fuck. You know, it's just, it's really hard to prevent stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If somebody wants to get you. Yeah. 
if the mafia is so pervasive in that whole society, they have so many connections and mm-hmm. so much money and so much surveillance. It's almost like, what could you possibly do to and stop it? And despite this maxi trial, there were absolutely still ties from government officials and police to the mafia. So there's all there's like a mole fucking everywhere. You can't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. It's horrifying. So finally, the Beast was arrested for the last time in Palermo in 1993 when a member of his own faction, whose name was not released for obvious reasons, turned on him and collaborated with the police. Though he was tried and convicted of multiple murders, earning him 26 life sentences and kept in special confinement in order to reduce his risk of communicating with the outside, he still managed to order several more terror attacks from prison. So I honestly don't know how he pulled this off. And I think, again, he had to have made connections with guards or something. Well, because this is he like was a really common thing, like we said. 100%. Like they just, they have systems in place t- for them to Absolutely. still carry out their orders from prison. Because this guy was held 22 hours a day in confinement, like in his cell, no phone privileges, no reading materials, nothing. And so only two hours a day where he was anywhere near other prisoners. And I guess a lot can happen in those two hours if you're like really motivated and you don't want to give up your role as no reading material mm-hmm. nothing nothing because they didn't the want wall. him influenced or connected to anything that was going on outside of the walls of the prison Oof. which it's just uh, yeah but clearly it didn't stop him so uh these attacks were wild again from wikipedia uh, quote, on, four- on the 14th of May, 1993, television host Maurizio Costanzo, who had expressed delight at the arrest of Rina, was almost killed by a bomb as he drove down a Rome street. 23 people were injured. Mm-hmm. Less than a fortnight later, on the 27th of May, a bomb under the Florence Torre di, di Pucci killed five people. Fabrizio Bombs Nincini. are not very... They're not precise. Yeah. No. They're not precise. And so the people that were killed were Fabrizio Nancini and his wife, uh, Angela Maria, and their daughters, nine-year-old Nadia and two-month-old Katerina. Um, Dario Capoliccio, who is uh, 20 years old, 33 people were injured. Uh, Attacks on art galleries and churches left 10 more dead and many injured, causing outrage among Italians. I mean, it really is terrorism at that point. It's terrorism. I mean, literally in like the – between like 1980-ish, honestly, late 70s to early 90s, like 95, I'd say, is – this is what they're saying, like up to a 1,000 killings because of his leadership happened. He didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily carry out – most of right, these, right. but it was under his direction that nearly a thousand people died. Well, yeah, the bosses Ugh. don't actually get their hands dirty. At Not that really, level. no. Yeah. At that point, no. It's just like mind blowing that that many people died because of this motherfucker. Um, so he refused to give up his title as boss, even though the next successor, his old buddy Caligero Bagarella, had all but taken over in his absence. It was Salvatore's health that finally took him out. While in prison, he suffered several heart attacks, had surgery. Uh, some reports said three times, some said four. A bunch of times he had heart surgery. He was later diagnosed with kidney cancer. 
And in July of 2017, his legal team petitioned for the court to release him into house arrest, as we mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. for the rest of his sentence because of his health. Um, And I can only imagine the courts laughed in their faces as they denied the request because fuck this guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Um, And the old bastard finally died in November of 2017 at the age of 87. According to The Guardian, quote, the Sicilian mafia is far weaker now, left in disarray by Rina, who sought unsuccessfully to lead it from his prison cell in Parma. The crime syndicate still exists and still shapes people's social and economic lives in parts of Sicily, but it is a shadow of what it once was, undermined by the relentless scrutiny of Italian police and prosecutors and unable to regain its dominance of the illegal drug trade. Mm. Salvatore's wife and youngest daughter still live in Corleone fairly peacefully. I think his daughter is a painter. She's married. She, like, had a baby a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I found this article. Uh, the only reason I even know these kids and wife exist is because I found this article in, like, sort of an Italian tabloid. Mm-hmm. And in Italy, uh, if you qualify within a certain wage bracket, you get, like, a new baby uh, package that uh-huh. includes, like, money and supplies for your child. Mm-hmm. And which is amazing, and every fucking developed society should have something like that. But anyway, all the other um, ones do literally. <laughs> um, but the tabloid title was like, you know, Luisa, I don't remember her name, I and I know I'm about to read it, but Corleone denied, or not Corleone, Salva, you know, whatever, Rena <laughs> denied this package, like the new baby package. There's like all these pictures of her nice wedding and blah blah blah. And they tried to make it this like sensational headline, but it's like she just. She just she, doesn't she fall within the income bracket. Yeah. Like she's not she has no connection to her father anymore and hasn't in years. Mm-hmm. And like you're trying to call her out, but it's like she just doesn't qualify for that package because she makes too much money. <laughs> so I don't know why you're going all wild. Well, on this hey, headline. they had some pictures. They wanted to publish yep. them. They needed a, a headline. Exactly. I think a the media headline. was light that day. Yeah. Um, his other daughter moved to the southern Puglia region, and his two sons are both confined by the law, one serving a life sentence for murder. So I believe the young one that he got Inducted. involved in the mob. Yep. And the other is legally confined to the city of Padua, like under house, house arrest. So the gals of this story are crushing it, mm-hmm. and the dudes are not doing so hot. Mm-hmm. And Bells hopefully this is the end of the Mafia legacy in the Rena family. Mm-hmm. And that wow. is my case. Well nice work. done. Isn't that why? It's like this guy had so many people killed and I'd never heard of him. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't know killed. anything about, I, I mean, obviously. Like pretty indiscriminate ways. That train yeah. Massacre I can't with the train on Christmas Day. I mean, yeah, Christmas Eve. And granted, we weren't monster. We weren't really. Well, I wasn't alive in 1984, so I couldn't have even like digested this media anyway. It's probably why I hadn't heard of him. But it's pretty wild, especially considering. I guess I just never took the time to like look into the backstory of the Godfather trilogy because mm-hmm. you always you re, you see these movies and you watch stuff like The Sopranos and you're like, okay, this is based on stuff that exists, but it couldn't have been that bad, right? And then you do cases no, like it's this, way worse. And you're like, oh wait, it was actually way worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing redeeming about this whatsoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> on this, the day of my daughter's and wedding. And the maxi pad trial. Uh, on this, the day of my cat's quinceanera. <laughs> my favorite meme. All right, well, I'm going to go make a bucket of pasta. A hundred percent. Yeah. And uh, a reminder, we're changing up special thanks 
So we're going to thank our very special fan picker, Michelle Wong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were a, a Wong for the ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, and this was a good one. This was a really great one. And uh, for our other special thanks names, you got to head on over to Patreon, and we're mm-hmm. going to be doing monthly drunken Drunken thank dumps. Yeah, thank dumps. Thank poopies. <laughs> thank poopies. <laughs> so head on over to Patreon, join at any level, and you will have access to that, along with all of our other bonus content, including a lot of Videos. video yep. episodes. We'll be Not putting this our, episode. Yep, regular episodes will be going up on Patreon. As videos. And okay. it's going to be awesome. All right, we love you. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Welcome to the Occult and Crime Academy. I'm John. And I'm Jessica. Our podcast entails everything from the paranormal and mysterious to murdery and comedy. You are looking to sit back, relax, and have a few laughs while learning something new. We are here to drag you through the depths of the world while leaving you hanging in thought. Come join us on your favorite platform to listen anytime and for more information on upcoming shows and how you could be a part of our show. 